This is Fintech Cappuccino, your Saturday morning podcast with a pinch of espresso on the why and how of Fintech. The show is hosted by Brian van Wachem, CEO of RedSnap, and I'm Connie Dorstein, founding partner of Bankify. Hey, hey, Brian. Hey, Connie. There's quite a lot of news about ING now, and they will combine all innovation activities into a new business area called ING Neo. And I'm very yeah. curious where this leaves Benoit, who is currently the chief innovation officer. Shall I reach out and try to get him in the podcast? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know him, and I, I really like him. He's a, a, it's quite funny because he's like a real true gentleman lifted in sort of today's world and beyond. I like him. Okay, well, then I uh, reach out to him and see if he's up for a coffee with us. And we probably have to promise that we will not ask him what he will do after um, the 1st of January, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm always curious. I doubt you'll get an answer, but let's have some coffee and inspiration. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome, Benoit. Very good morning to you. What a wonderful piece of music. Why did you choose this? Tell us more. Yes, well, actually, I didn't really uh, choose it. You know, it just uh, comes to me. You know, I must tell you, I live in an apartment here in Paris. And this is the music which is played, you know, regularly on Saturday morning by my uh, by my neighbor, who is an 86-year-old lady. And I must say, you know, this is this is quite amazing in terms of spirit, which you get like... You're very quiet, you know, starting in the in the Saturday morning. So I, I, I just love it. It is absolutely amazing. An 86-year-old and she has the discipline to go behind a piano and play. Is it also on other mornings or is it particularly the weekend? No, I think all the moment. I think she, she plays this constantly. The problem, it's not like the radio. You cannot switch it off or on. But, but I think you take when it comes, right? Which is also a very nice way of living, I think. I, I think that's excellent because we now live in such a world where we Zoom everything and plan everything. So it's wonderful if good things just come to you. Great. Hey, Benoit. Absolutely. Benoit, so this is an exciting week, right? So we have more and additional COVID measures, uh, the US election. And at the time of this podcast recording, there is no winner yet. Um, but besides these two major events, what particular news caught your eye? Yeah, it, it, as you see, it's a very intensive week, right? So the eyes are caught everywhere. But I must say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite touched by, uh, by all these terror attacks which are growing. And, and I think you might see a bit less of this in the Netherlands. But uh, living in, in France, you know, we see this. It's, it's very lively for many years. And, um, you know, you see this now in Vienna. And, and this brings, I think, like fundamental questions about what have we done with our societies in the last, you know, five, 10, 20 or 25 years. And I think those are grand problems, which, uh, which I think we'll have to address as, as a society soon. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. We can't play that away. No. Benoit Legrand barely needs an introduction in the fintech scene after 25 years of banking. Currently the chief innovation officer of ING Global and the CEO of ING Ventures, He also holds several board positions and is a well-known guest at industry events such as Money 2020 and a range of podcasts. ING announced at the end of this year, 2020, the roles of CIO and ING Ventures will be wrapped up in the newly ING NEO. So much we know. The question is, what will Banois actually do in 2021? So Benoit, welcome. And I was very much looking forward to this Fintech Cappuccino, Benoit. 
you are heading the innovation part of the bank for five years now. Um, what is the greatest accomplishment you have achieved in this period? Now, th- th- this is a really hard question because you, you don't want to you don't want to blow on trumpets, right? But I think still, uh, you know, there's a lot to be proud of. But I think maybe one of the biggest thing is that uh, we continue to. Uh, to get this innovation culture, you know, deep down in our genes. It was in our genes, but I think we spread it. We, we've trained more than 10,000 people in ING in this new innovation methodology. We, we, are, we are working with 200 fintechs and every of these fintech contacts is leading to people changing the way they're looking at the reality, putting themselves into questions, maybe thinking that, that things are different and better if they do it differently. And, and, and of course, you know, because it, all in all, you know, innovation is all about impact, right? It's not a gadget. It's not something you have to do. It's just about delivering something and performance. So, uh, uh, you know, if I take Yolt, for instance, you know, we have 1.6 million customers in the UK in, in, in open banking. Uh, which is, you know, five years ago, you wouldn't really think it was possible. And I, and I remember, you know, many people were just like wondering whether this was a good idea to put some money in, in something like this because customer would probably not do this. And, and I still believe it's one of the, uh, of, of, of the biggest achievements which we have and uh, building a new platform and a new way of working, paving the way for a new uh, banking relationship. So... Yeah, but the, the the podcast is probably not long enough to have a, a long discussions about this. But uh. well, we, we certainly, yeah, we certainly don't have time to go through all two hundred, um, uh, Benoit. But uh, you gave me an excellent bridge there because, as as you know, we we know each other from traveling around the world and looking at open yeah. banking impact. And uh, I totally agree with you. We see uh, the early impact in the UK. Um, I have to say I'm slightly disappointed by the impact of what we truly consider open banking, the data sharing, etc. when I look at sort of Western mm-hmm. uh, uh, Europe. Um, I see a lot of banks talking about it. I see a lot of play of words around what it means for the consumer who doesn't have a clue what it is. Um, and I see, you know, it only now starting to see some activity around sort of the business mm-hmm. and the enterprise banking space. I just want to, would like to know your, your view on this. Do you really think open banking is taking off? Are people getting it? I'm more positive. Uh, I'm more positive because, uh, maybe I don't know whether I'm getting old, but I think we, we get some, <laughs> some philosophy of wisdom behind it. Things take time. You know, things take time. And innovation takes time. Uh, and, and we're all impatient and we see the sense of urgency and there's a new regulation there and then we want to have it you know, technically organized and customers having changed their habits in, in, in one year or two years. I think it's it just not like this, right? So yeah. it takes time. But when I see where we come from, when I see what, you know, as I was mentioning, Yolt is doing, I see that there's, there is an appetite for yeah. it and I see a lot of services which will you know, be, 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 uh, be taken by it. So I'm, I'm sure that, you know, take it in five years from now, you know, it's going to be probably, uh, you know, the same as we were asking questions. Oh, will the internet banking fly? You know, yeah. or oh, will mobile banking fly? You know, remember those questions were yeah. also hanging in the air, right? So now you would not even dare to think about asking yeah. such a question, right? No, no, no. But and, and just one more, Bear, because I do agree with you on the old thing and I do agree with you on the UK thing. Why do you think it is... Uh, happening much less fast on the sort of user side in Western Europe? Is it because we are more 
spoiled because we already have incredibly good services at very low cost points. And you know, do you think there is yeah. a little bit of that? Now, I think you need three things to be successful in this. You need a customer proposition, which is yeah. what we just discussed. You need to, uh, to, to have customers who want to adopt it, to understand what it is, and you know, it takes a bit of time. But also you need to have an environment which is also uh, helping this. And, and I think many, many banks, you know, many people have fought against this idea, you know, just trying to hold it for coming. But That's I think this is, point. <laughs> you know, we always see this, right? If, yeah. if you look at innovation, people want to fight it and say, no, 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 you know, it will not happen. We'll fight against it. Or you take this as an opportunity and say, yeah. wow, no, yes, what, what can we make out of this? Because this is the trend. And, and I see maybe the last part, the environment was probably not, you know, strong enough to, uh, to, to have a, a fast takeoff. But I, I don't see this as a problem. I think yeah. it's just see something which is natural. Okay. Hey, and let's look a little bit more in uh, in the future. So there, there's so much going on in banking at the moment. The developments uh, of fintechs, the big techs, uh, DeFi, uh, central bank digital currencies, um, a generation that only thinks mobile and digital. So where do you think the future economic value will be for the banks, uh, Benoit? Yes, Brian. Uh, 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 this is a fundamental question, right? This is the raison d'être from yes. from the banks, and they say where 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 to make money. And I, what I've seen also over the last you know five or ten years is that with the with the customer taking over and in being empowered to make their own decision, and digitalization has made this possible. This is bringing banks back to <laughs> what I saw their industry, the service industry, right? So they, they, they are there to service customers, right? They're not there to yep. charge fees. And I think we, banks are starting to realize that they, they were in the model, and I'm just talking very generic, generically here, right? So banks in general, um, we're thinking we have cost and then we'll charge customer uh, a fee which will give us the return on equity which we want to have, right? Because the yeah. and, and I think this is you know this is over. Now banks have to think what is the added value which I bring to the customer and how much is the customer willing to pay? Otherwise he might change. He yeah. might go somewhere else because there are other alternatives. They were not there in the past. And then you get a, a totally a more let's say uh, virtuous circle of a relationship from a customer who wants to bank with a bank, who's happy with his bank, and is happy also to pay for the services he gets, right? So yeah. I see this as a, it was a it's a cooperation revolution, right? It just take the world totally upside down. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but so it's up to banks eventually to reinvent themselves and to see what role they want to play. And if they don't move, I think they probably will not have any role. Yeah. And it's, again, we, um, uh, you know that, um, Oh, already over a year ago, we had Mark Buitenhek, your colleague Mark Buitenhek, in uh, the FinTech podcast. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great fan of him because he's a, he's a thinker. He's got a sort of longitude view, which I always adore. And he loves complex stuff. Um, and we talked about the same thing. And we talked about competition. And you talk about it now. You know, otherwise, they might not have a role. 
He said fintechs, you know, everybody says fintech is fintech's not a threat. You have to work with fintechs. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm way more worried about big techs because they come from the data angle and they have very deep pockets so they can move fast. They, under, they have data on the behavior and they have big pockets. They understand um, clients basically, right? Yeah, they understand clients. And so, of course, then we talked about and financial. Well, we all know for whatever obscure reason, uh, the IPO has been uh, delayed for a bit. How do you look at sort of the role of the big techs? Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll particularly first go, for instance, after the easy stuff, the payments? Is that the play or is it an entry play? How do you look at mm. the at the big techs? That, uh, uh, yeah. Maybe two, two points on this, I think. Uh, apart from the fact that your Mark is, you know, <laughs> also like him very much and, and he has this Good. view on that. Uh, <laughs> he's been disrupted as a payment uh, uh, you know, as one of the first, so he's, he really understands that. Yeah. Maybe two points. The first one is that those those big techs are there to make money, right? So they, they you know, if if like the path to make money is there, they will take it, right? And and payments is a place which is offering different elements. The first one is that it's a huge market, right? So it's really big. It's international. Uh, and there were big discrepancies between the value given to the customers and the price customer were to pay, right? So this is where they've taken it. If they see other of those places, they will also fight to get them until the moment it brings them to the, let's say, unwanted part of banking or financial services, right? Where they don't really want that because it's more hassle than than, than, (laughs) than it's worth, yeah. Yeah, but still, I think... The world is anyway changing, so you see threats everywhere, anytime. But uh, you know, they also offer us such an immense opportunity, right? Because they are changing the mindsets of customers into uh, getting instant, re- instant responses, uh, ease of, of, of interaction, uh, uh, reliability of service. And those are things, if you have them as a bank, and I think, well, I believe ING has it, but I think if you have this, you see this as an opportunity because it helps, you know, five, six billion customers to change their mind and their relationship to a service banking, right? And, and if, if, you, if you are digital, digitally native, if you respect the customer for what it is, if you charge a price which is fair, and on the top of it, you can add all the positive sides of being a bank, right? So being reliable, you know, being regulated. So you inspire also some safety. I think you can also win from from this, right? Yeah. So not only lose. Yeah, and I and I also think, well, particularly in the business of corporate space, you are so intrinsically linked to your customers. It's not an industry they can easily get into. But on the volume space, you know, it, it might be tricking. Here's one more follow-on question for that that I'm interested in your answer. When we first started talking um, about open banking, we all had this sort of idea and ING as well, that, you know, ING is the trusted brand. And, you know, what if we can't help you? We have this playground with trusted sub-suppliers, fintechs. And if we can't help you, you can go there. We have checked them. They are valid. They are safe. Work with them. Um, I think that we're moving on. But again, I'd love to hear your view because um, people are getting very tired of hopping through a jungle of apps on their phone. 
And I think also that the technology that, that fintechs have developed in the old days was always hidden behind an app. But now you can make microbusiness services. You can just lift it into your existing bank channel, your existing way of working with your customers. So in a way, we will probably see less apps, but more in a weird way, we go back to having a very rich channel connection with your bank. Do you think that that's possible or do you think I'm barking yes, up the uh, wrong tree? I think tree? this is definitely uh, what is coming. I think there's a lot of uh, noise around us. And if we look at ourselves, how many apps did we download in the last six months, right? Yeah. Well, uh, probably a few only, which uh, you have tested and maybe uh, uh, closed after compared to what we did, you know, three, four, five years ago. So here is also, there's a fatigue from customers say, well, you know, uh, this is too much, you know, I'm bombarded. Yeah. So you want to go for quality and, and you want to go for people who respect you, respect your data, respect your privacy and understand what you're looking for and, 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 and don't lead you to waste your time. You know, so I think time is of the essence here. And so you want people to be effective and respectful, right? So, and if you pay one euro or 1.2 euro, you know, it, it's okay. You know, this is not the point, you know, the hassle of not being respected of, of whenever you, you ask a question to a bank, you know, you, you need to have three days of, or you can't even reach the bank. You know, this is just absolutely not acceptable. And, and, and I think this is what customer will look, you know, they go for quality because nobody wakes up in the morning and says, maybe you, but I, I do not <laughs> wake, wake us up in the morning and say, wow, I want a bank today, right? I want to go to my bank. It's so cool. So yeah, I love it. No, you want to play. No, only only when I think of you, out. Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we need to change the subject, okay. guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, Benoit, um, uh, Connie will hate me for this, but this is one of my uh, pet projects, and it's uh, mm -hmm. fraud, right? So um, we talked with Oliver Bullough and with David Birch about money laundering and tax evasion in previous podcasts. And Oliver stated that not tech, but regulations will be the answer. And David suggested to get criminals into the system and use technology to trace and track them. So I'm curious what your view is mm -hmm. on this, well, actually huge problem in modern society. It, 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 it is indeed huge, right? And, and I think here we have also to be very humble uh, and also understand that perfection doesn't exist. And I think we need to understand that, right? So we need to accept that there will always be people who throw, yeah. there will always be outlaws, there will be always, right? We're trying to catch them you know, from all the different places, but I think this is just the way it has been for centuries, right? And it's in human beings. So also here, now it's digital. So I think the only way we can, we can go out of it is, is, is work together. Uh, is work together with the authorities, uh, with the governments, you know, with uh, also, you know, banks or other payments services, just to try to get a view which is as refined as possible and, and work together because, you know, it's a, it's a, cat, a cat and mouse uh, game, right? So, you know, there will always be a reaction to, uh, to, to walls you build. So, uh, Cooperation, I think, uh, is important. And I think, as a matter of fact, innovation <laughs> is not the enemy of risk, but it is, is, you know, is, is the ally of risk, yeah. right? So if, if you know more and digitization helps you to, to get more data, to know more, yeah. I think it enables us to lower the risk and, and, 
and and catch more of those fraudsters. Yeah, but but uh, the, the, I think the the point of uh, David was to um, to get the criminals into the, the criminals. system, right? Yeah, I don't so, know what he means by getting criminals in the system, right? So I, I don't, no, I think <laughs> I don't, maybe not behind the dashboard and not the machine, no. but I think they are now already in. Yeah, let's say in the. Uh, you know, in the transaction, in the payment system, because all those transactions are going through yeah. that, right? So but this is problem, at least a I think new DLT, yeah. for instance, is something which might help, you know, in, in, in getting a better view on, on what is it, getting history. So technology can help, cooperation can help. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, into the system was um, was more like, do you want to, I mean, you are now a system of, you know, try to keep them out with the, with the KYC, etc. And he said, you know, stop that KYC, just get the criminals mm. into the system and just use no, technology to track them. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because otherwise yeah. they'll start I buying cryptocurrencies or they'll buy cash and put it on a truckload and send it somewhere else? Yeah. Which, you know, and, and. No, but I think what we don't see in this is everything which is, which is code, no. right? All, all the, the problems which we identify. And of course, we, you know, we're not mentioning this, right? So you only see. It's you know, like the police with the terror attacks, right? You see the terror attack, but I think you don't see the 25 which have been prevented, right? So, yeah, that sure. is absolutely yeah. true, which is always then giving us a bit of hope again. Um, Benoit, moving on to the uh, unavoidable topic, you know, the strange times eh, mm. in which we uh, live. I know that... Um, all three of us actually deeply care about the young people we work with because we primarily work with uh, young people. And uh, something I wanted to ask you, which is probably more personal, like how do you go about trying to help them? I, I saw, for instance, personally, that when everything is planned and invited and in Zoom, it's all functional conversation. And you don't have, you don't mm -hmm. run into a colleague, you don't overhear a conversation and pipe yeah. up and say, can I help? I want to be on this project. And I see people my son's age, 25, 26, onboarding virtual. You know, it's very, very tough. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the one plus one thing. So for instance, if people ask me to, to sit on, to moderate something or to chair a panel or whatever, I say, that's fine, but I'll bring a young colleague with me. And then at least he or she gets exposure to my network, to the content, they can join in the discussion, they meet other people, just to sort of help them connect and build up what, you know, we all call social capital. Mm -hmm. I know it's a long introduction, but it really touches me. What do you, do you agree with that? Do you see it? Do you think there are yes. things that we can do as a company or should we start with us as an individual? Yes, I think I... I completely agree, and I think, frankly, this is something which is somehow worrying me. I think we we have this language of saying, yeah, you see, we can work, as you say, functionally, you know, in COVID times, you know, from home, it's all fine, you know, it's great. We, frankly, we have to be a bit, you know, <laughs> going one step further in this, because we are human beings, and I think the difference is, you, is made by human beings, right? And you can do this functionally with machines, it's fine. But I think, you know, it, it will it will not last forever because we are breaking so many things and we're not building this relationship, as you say, with people. Right. Because eventually, 
we work together, right? We like to work together because we know each other, because we respect each other, because, you know, I gave you something, yeah. you gave me something back, right? But, but if you're just a machine or a name or a picture in a call of one hour when I can't even talk to you, I think, you know, I don't care. You know, next time it's not Connie, it's going to be John or Wim or whatever, you know, someone needs to do the job. And I think this is, we're wasting, I think, a lot of value. And, and, and the problem is that this value is not measured. You, 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 you can't no. measure it, right? But, so we can take the pain for a short term, uh, but, but I think this should not last too much. And I really much like you know, what, what, what you're doing here, um, trying to, to get people involved. But I think don't forget the old people also, right? Because they, they, they get disconnected also totally through the, uh, the, social, well, the social network, right? So. Yeah, yeah. But it's have you have you seen any signs of uh, COVID fatigue? And I'm not asking you obviously this for business reasons. But have you been uh, having discussions with your own cohorts on this? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have uh, also, you know, uh, uh, took part in 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 a book which be written about you know, uh, working from home. And I think we see all you know um, uh, conclusions going in the same direction. Say yeah. Uh, keep this human relationship, you know, alive and spend time, you know, just organize half an hour, just discussion without topic, right? Just yeah, have a Saturday morning conversation, right? Yeah, As we have free. at the coffee yeah. machine, right? But if it's, it's not really natural, uh, no. but yes, we, I, I see this, I see this fatigue, you know, uh, uh, and, and it's hard, right? Because uh, we tend to be also a bit uh, unauthentic, you know, because, you know, the camera goes on and then you need to go yeah. on. Okay. So. Yeah. Hey, but uh, obviously you can still sport, right? Is it still allowed in uh, in Paris? No, uh, it's allowed uh, one hour a day <laughs> with a document which you have to fill in yourself by saying I'm going sport and you can't go uh, sporting with others to sport on your own and no further than one kilometer away from your home, right? Wow, so, you're so you're running in circles, that, basically. You're a triathlete, right? You're a triathlete. How do you do that then? Well, uh, I think I, um, I'm doing a bit less sport nowadays, I must say. So, but, uh, but, but, but I have, I have, I have plans to get back uh, in there. All right. Hey, um, so I have to do this, yes. And then, Brian, the one million dollar question. The one million dollar question, which we're not allowed to ask, maybe, or maybe, uh, maybe, or maybe not, and just tell us. Another, uh, otherwise, we just cut it out uh, of the podcast. But um, <laughs> obviously, um, half of Europe is um, is wondering what you're going to do after um, the first of January 2021. Yes. Yes. I think I'll, I'll be waking up and. And and uh, having breakfast <laughs> and enjoying, you know, every single day. No, I think I'm unfortunately uh, you don't have to cut the uh, the podcast because I I, I won't be answering. Okay, <laughs> so But, it's uh, a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> Secret is uh, it is what it is. I think it, 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 we'll say this in due time, but uh, uh, okay, no worries, no worries. We'll, we will not push you I, on this. I one. bet you're going to continue to do sports to connect with people. Yes, 
to pick up the phone and talk to yes. us wherever you can have dinner with us and a good glass of wine and spend a lot of time yes. with young people. This I confirm. <laughs> See, okay. we got a confirmation. This I, this I That's confirm. That's a promise yes. then. That's a promise yes. then. Good. Yes. Hey, thank you very much, uh, Benoit. Uh, I think we come to the end of this uh, podcast. And uh, for people wanting to lecture themselves and others on banking and fintech developments, I suggest you follow Benoit closely on Twitter, Forbes, mm. and through his book. Are you writing a book, Benoit? No, I wrote, I wrote one, but uh, no, no. As, as we speak, I'm not. Okay. Another one coming up? <laughs> <laughs> the line is really bad. Okay. <laughs> Curious which music weekend's favorites Benoit brought with him? Check it out on www.fintechcappuccino.com slash Benoit Legrand. Benoit, thank you so much for joining us here at this Ela's virtual kitchen table in the Fintech Cappuccino podcast. And thank you all for listening to the Fintech Cappuccino. Don't want to miss another cup? Subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And please do give us a like or a review so many more Fintech Cappuccino lovers can find us. Please join us again on Saturday morning at 9. We'll have the coffee ready just the way you like it. Have a good weekend. Keep a distance and stay close. Thank you very much, Benoit. Thank you. Thank you, Connie Brian. Thank you very much.